All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are less than a week away now, just a couple days away from the Dive Bomb Squad Fest, the very first one. We look forward to seeing everybody out in St. Louis, June 11th and 12th. It's going to be a great time. They got uh, cornhole tournament. They got goose calling contest, duck calling contest, good beer. It's going to be an awesome time. We hope to see everybody there and uh, kicking off a great summer. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by iSight Drone Service. Eyesight Drone Service is headquartered in Grand Forks, North Dakota. It's a veteran-owned small business. It's fully licensed and insured drone and manned aircraft services company. All operators are commercial pilots and 107 certified. They have extensive experience in agriculture, stand count, tassel count, crop health damage, and visual inspection. Natural resources, they can do your waterfowl counts, your big game counts, cattle counts, natural disaster surveys, archaeological assessments, infrastructural, gravel road management, building inspections, house roof inspections, oil and gas pipeline and facilities, renewable energy inspections, power line inspections, communications tower ins- communication tower inspections. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need a drone for anything, they can take care of any of your needs. They're open to new industries and jobs as well. Well, rapidly and effectively deployed to virtually any side of project within the continental United States in short order and that's eyesight drone services and you can check them out at www.isightdrones.com and that's i with the letter i s-i-g-h-t-d-r-o-n-e-s.com or check them out on their web or check out their website please at isightdrones.com it's amazing what all they can do now with modern technology it's crazy they can do a waterfowl count with drones just think about how much you don't even need people nope there's movies about that but they can do so much more stuff today and so much quicker yeah crazy i mean it it, it is i mean it's just <laughs> the way the world's going what's next you never know you never know what you're gonna see next here so anyways so, y'all check out our new sponsor yeah no kidding uh we're also brought to you by bangtail whiskey it is built on an a built on a dream age 25 years handcrafted bangtail whiskey to create the perfect sip no matter how you drink your whiskey. I like, uh, you know, I like the whiskey sour. Catch a little bit of hell for that, but it's great. Um, you can order Bangtail whiskey right online, and they'll send it straight to your door, and uh, you don't even have to get out of your pajamas to get whiskey headed your way. It is, uh, you'll find a pleasant aroma of vanilla and spice before galloping into notes of nougat, sweet corn, and a lingering caramel finish. It is actually very, very good whiskey. I put it right up there at the top of the list. So go check out Bangtail Whiskey at bangtail.com and get that bottle headed your way. We're also brought to you by Blind Grass. Uh, listen, if you're tired of constantly having to rebrush your A-frame, your layout blind, your boat, you need to check out Blind Grass at blindgrass.com. It's a synthetic grass. It goes right onto your blind. It does not rot. It does not mildew. Uh, It is a one-stop shop. You put it on there one time, and you do not have to worry about brushing your blind again. So check them out at blindgrass.com, and they have dry bags. If you're going to be out on a boat all summer, you can put your goods in the dry bag, and you don't have to worry about dropping your cell phone into the ocean. Uh, they got gun cases, so they kind of got whatever you're, whatever you're looking for. In addition to a very, very good looking camouflage system, they've been working years to perfect how their camouflage looks. You can use it in multiple environments. They got different, uh, different colors and different blends 
for every scenario. So check them out at Blind Grass Camouflage System at blindgrass.com. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers. If you've got that new puppy, if you want, uh, if you're wanting to send them off somewhere, have a professional handle them. Look no further than Goose Creek Retrievers. Matt Peel does a hell of a job up there. And uh, we're excited to have him on board. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's a fun guy to talk to. Even if even if you're training the dog yourself and you just need somebody to, you know, bounce ideas off of, Matt will be happy to answer any questions. Check him out, Goose Creek Retrievers. And uh, if you're in, like I said, if you're in the market for a new puppy or a new hunting dog, look them up, GooseCreekRetrievers.com. They're all over uh, social media. Got a hell of a program. And if you do have a new dog, then you need to check out Gundog Outdoors. They've got bumpers that they're really excited about. Uh, they've got a field trauma kit that I think everybody should put in their vehicle and in their hunting bag. And uh, the quick release system. Patented now. It's what I use every single day. Clip it onto my dog, Lou, and he is where I think he's going to be all the time until I pull that uh, pull the little lever and let him go. But no matter what level your dog is trained, I, I think uh, I think the quick release system is something that you should look into. It just takes all the guesswork out. So you clip him on there, and he's going to stay right where right where he's supposed to be. So the quick release system is something that I cannot recommend highly enough, and you can get that at gundogoutdoors.com. Uh, I mentioned the Squad Fest earlier. Coming up, June 11th and 12th, St. Louis, Missouri. It's the first major calling contest since COVID, and uh, it's going to be a great time. We're looking forward. We're going to be there. We hope to see all you guys there. Food trucks, cornhole, cold beer. It's going to be a great time, and we look forward to putting some faces to names. So we'll see you there June 11th and 12th. Are you going to be signing autographs? No. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll fist bump you. Okay. Fist bump you. I'm not shaking your hand. You probably got COVID. Would you sign some boobs? No. Nope. No boobs, none of that. Um, a baby's forehead. I'd sign a baby's forehead. Okay. But not a boob. Not a boob. But it is going to be a good time. You're putting on a hell of a deal. If you're a waterfowl hunter and you like calls, you just want to be around like-minded people, what a better place to be. I mean, it's, it's a waterfowl show. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Great products, great people. Get to see some neat people. Get to meet some people. Everybody in the industry just about is going to be there. Good time for everybody. Come out and see us. And the guys from the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast are going to be there. Yes. Mr. Logan Pyatt and Rebel Heron. Yep. That is our next sponsor. They are back, ladies and gentlemen. The The hiatus is over. You put enough pressure on them, Logan and Rebel folded like a bunch of cheap suits. Um, they're doing their bourbon review. It goes up. It's out there for everybody to listen to. And then the full episode, you have to be a, a Patreon member to get the full episode. But they are back. They're back up to their debauchery and uh, better than ever. So go check them out. You can get on their Patreon account, like, uh, Looking Glass Duck Club. Donate to that, and uh, you can get the episodes. But it's, uh, it's, it's glad that they're back. The waterfowl community is a lot better with them on the, on the airwaves. So we're happy that they're there, and you should go check them out. We're also brought to you by Pacific Custom Calls. We've got a promo code with them. BHP25 will save you 25%. Believe it or not, it is time to start stocking up and buying stuff for hunting season. It's going to be here before you know it. You need a new goose or duck call. They've got a new duck or goose call. You can use the promo code BHP25. Save yourself some money. They've got the best duck call that I've ever blown in the PCD. 
And they are retooling the 509, which is my go-to Canada call. So, a lot of cool things going on up there uh, in Spoke Compton. Pacific Custom Calls. Uh, Pacific Custom Calls is the website name, and you can use the promo code BHP25. Get you a hell of a goose call for this upcoming waterfowl season. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. It only takes one. Bismuth is back in style. Uh, I cannot, can't tell you how much I love my boss. It is, it's a, it, it really is. It's a way of life. It's an old culture kind of deal. Uh, the boss Tom was a big hit this year. Takes those gobblers right off their feet. Um, be expecting it. Like, listen, if you're going to be ordering this stuff, you need to get on the ball and at least get them what you're wanting because word on the street is there might be uh, an ammo shortage towards the end of the year. And uh, I'd hate for you to be going, <clears throat> going somewhere in January and not have any shells to shoot. Go to BossShotShells.com right now. Get your order in. Not going ha- to hurt to have some in storage for when waterfowl season finally gets here. BossShotShells.com. We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. If your coffee sucks, it's not the duck. High Velocity is my favorite. They've got a Missouri Boat Ride coming out. I'm excited to try that. I think that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, Good-looking merchandise, too. Good-looking swag. they got a shirt that I, I really enjoy. Fits on me well. Shows off my guns that I'm working hard for. Still, still not on the testosterone, but, you know, we're making it. Uh, Dirty Duck Coffee, it's the way I start my morning every single morning out here at the Big Honker Lodge. Cup of that and I'm ready to tackle the world, Jeff. But they've got a coffee for everybody, whether it's the uh, the Missouri boat ride that's coming out or they got a dark they got a dark one, they got a uh, French roast, they got a Colombian blend. Like I said, my, my favorite is the high velocity caffeine straight into the straight into the thermos and then right down my gullet. Gives me the energy I need for a long day out in the field. So go check them out, dirtyduckcoffee.com. I need a cup of coffee right now. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck. They're making uh, dog kennels for the big boys now. I saw that. Extra large one. Lou, Lou, Lou's going to be riding in style. Going to have plenty of room. Five-star crash test rated, all that good stuff. So you can feel confident in putting your pooch away in the new Lucky Duck dog kennel. Uh, they also make the best blind that I've ever sat in, the A-frame 2 by 4 Four grown men. If you're looking for an investment, I would look at the two by four blind. A frames are the way to go. Get out of the spread. Uh, keeps the uh, keeps the bird's eyes off of you. They've also got the best spinners on the market. They're waterproof, so you don't have to worry about having a little oopsie and uh, knocking one over and it not working anymore. So go check them out. Lucky Duck. LuckyDuck.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by photographer extraordinaire, Mr. Ted Wells. He's, uh, he's got uh, the wildfowl cover from uh, last month, and I guess he's going to have it next month. So big things going on up there in uh, Bozeman, Montana. It's always a pleasure talking to Ted. Uh, he's an all-around badass. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Here he is, Ted Wells.
Ready, F8? Do it. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom! And welcome to the Big Hawker Podcast from Knox City, Texas. I am Jeff Stanfield. I mean, I'm Andy Shaver. I'll do my own introduction, Jeff. You've done enough today. The world-famous Andy Shaver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Join with us today, Mr. Ted Wells from the beautiful state of Montana. How are you, bud? Good. How are you guys? We're doing awesome. We are Good. doing awesome. It's going to be hotter than Satan's nutsack here in the next couple of days. Uh <laughs> It, it, summertime is here. You know, it hadn't been that bad, though. It's been in the 80s and rainy, and it all in all, it hadn't been a bad summer, but 108 100, on Friday. 108 Friday now? Yeah. Oof. Yes, it is. Thank so, God I'm going to be in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to – we're headed up to uh, Squad Fest, so that's where we'll be. I don't know if it's going to be much warmer or cooler there, but it's got to be better than 108. What's, what's the weather like in Montana right now? It's going to make you jealous right now. Uh, right now it's 65 and sunny. You had snow, like, not long ago, right? Yeah, two weeks ago. That's no, insane. No shit. Is that, unu- had, is that unusual? Uh, no, not for this time of year. We had a 48-hour period. We had I had six inches of wet snow in my yard. The next day it was 78 degrees. Wow. It's just stupid. Cause it I, was a Because I saw, uh, <clears throat> I guess, first and last day of school pictures for your kids, and it was snowing in August, and it was snowing yep. in May. Well, hold on. It snowed in August also? It was snowing on the first day of school. Insane. And then it was snowing on the last day of school for my son, yeah. My daughter's still in school. She has two days left. She's on her she they got her big ass sprinkler party today, so she's pretty stoked. And it's gonna be seventy two degrees. I can't believe they're gonna freeze to fucking death. Our kids have been out of school a month here. I can't believe you're yeah. still in school. Yeah, why yeah. do they go so late? Uh I don't know. Liberals. Just the way they do it. Y'all start school in August and get out in fucking June. That's that's yeah. we our kids were out of school May what ninth eighteenth the eighteenth it seemed like it was earlier than that no about twentieth I think twenty third or something and this year it's two weeks longer because of COVID I guess I have no idea did y'all get canceled for COVID did y'all did the school get shut down at any point no it didn't <clears throat> we all got it so my daughter we were all out for two weeks or whatever and then she got quarantined another time because of a close contact or however that shit works but. Um, no, they're full time. Do you know anybody that's had COVID two different times? No, I don't either. When did uh, you get it? Uh, we got it shit month and a half ago, two months ago. Oh, so oh, just wow. recently. Yeah. My wife got it first and she was real sick. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of scary cause she's, uh, I guess it was, it was probably 12 weeks ago. We'll call it now. Cause she's pregnant. Oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations, yeah, man. Um, so it was early. She was real early pregnant, and then she got sick, which was kind of scary. And she's a labor and delivery nurse, so she's <clears throat> she's well-versed in the early-term pregnancy and COVID and all this stuff, you know, all the training. And, um, you know, it was scary for her, and she got pretty sick for about four days. And we had two choices. We could quarantine her in a room for 10 days and just no contact. And I would take care of the kids and get them to school and do, their, you know, do our thing, which, I mean, to me, it's like, that doesn't work with the family, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we decided to just roll with it and um, we all ended up getting it. I was sick for about, I felt like shit for about six hours. Um, my son had a runny nose. He tested positive. I tested positive. My daughter tested positive. She was totally normal. Um, then my wife, yeah, she, about four days, she felt like shit and then she felt better. And I mean, it was, it was just weird. Six hours for you. Yeah, I went to bed one night. It was like, <laughs> 
third night in and my wife being sick and I laid down and I felt like shit, like hot, mm-hmm. body hurt. And I fell asleep and I woke up the next morning and I was like, okay, well, we're good. That's crazy. So, it's such that's, a weird, yeah. it's it such is a weird because virus. It, and it, and it, that's just what's so crazy about it is because it affects everybody differently. Like we had it in December, January, right around there. You know, nothing. Uh, we lost our taste and smell. And that's it. So I'm wondering yep. if there's like different strains or different varieties or, or something. Like no, it, no, it just, no, nobody around us got sick. Like no. no no symptom other than I was tired. I was just yep. fucking tired. Tired and the, the smell and the taste. And I still don't have – my taste is still not normal. It's fucked up still. But that's yeah. it. I, I yeah, my smell was like weird. Like I would smell like lemon, like a mm-hmm. lemony zest type shit for like three, four days, and it was super weird. And then my taste was not gone, but off for a little bit, a couple days. And then like my neighbor Tanner, he's one of my best buddies, just lives right here in the road, and he he got it, and he cannot eat a steak still. He said it just tastes like shit. It's got a moldy taste to it. Yeah, See, that's exactly. I, what he's, and it's still too. He had it like six months ago. Yeah, that's what I'm going through the same stuff. My toothpaste is that way, and I've noticed meats. Well, I'm that way yeah. with. I'm still that way with dairy. Any dairy product, anything, cheese, milk, creamer. Um, I even had potato chips just a couple days ago that have like a cheddar taste to them. I'm sure it's mm. not even fucking real cheddar, but it tastes sour. It's not good. So weird, dude. But none of us oh. got sick. No fever. No runny nose. Nothing. My son got a runny nose, and he's like, Dad, I feel fine. Why do we have to sit in the house for 10 days? I'm like, well, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, That's the hardest part for me is like, you tell me I have to sit in my house for 10 days? No. We, I, we, I can't. We, uh, we also took Ivamec. I did not. You didn't take Ivamec? We oh, did. No. I started feeling like crap one day. I took Ivamec, and four hours later, I was better. And now we're finding out that they're telling us that Ivamec and that uh, hydrochloroquine would kill this stuff. You know, yep. it's a shame all those people had to die when they knew what would fix it, but the they they, they kept it from. I don't want to get into politics. It's just a fucked up deal. Yeah. I read a lot of shit, and that just makes a guy wonder. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness Fauci's emails came out. Now we know what we're really fighting with. Little bastard. So, what what do you got going on right now? Taking pictures of what are we doing? Uh, right now, I'm doing work for a veteran organization uh, called the Commit Foundation. This is uh, my neighbor lives right across the alley here. She's she's a badass. Her name's Anne Marie Craig. She started this Veteran Transition Foundation to transfer transition high level veterans out of the service into jobs. So what um, what kind of jobs do they try to place them in? Um, like high level leadership stuff, CEO, COO type stuff. I mean, these are like Delta Force. SEAL team six SEAL team guys like not your average folks and guys that have been like long tenured like 20 plus years in the teams um so it's really fascinating you get to hang out with a lot of really cool people like way cooler than us <laughs> uh, and so it's cool today's like simple i just gotta do some new headshots for the website so um but yeah yesterday we went out to the working dog ranch and we talked about that before those fallen working dogs and did a big tour and bite work demonstration out there yesterday morning and photograph that so yeah that's yeah, I'm, I'm on dog time right now it's, it's fun how many of those little land sharks do you have now oh gosh there's they just had a brand new litter about a week ago so there's probably 60 of them on the ground now wow and are you do you have any in your house right now uh no i just took i had a little a 
12-month-old, well, one-year-old girl named Calypso yesterday. I just took her back to the ranch. She was getting trained up, so uh, I do not have one right now. Do you fit, Do you like it better when you have one of those? I mean, you got to feel a little bit safer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel safe no matter what. I mean, i got a ton of guns and shit, but <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're really fascinating animals, and we've talked about that before, and they're just cool, man. Like, it, it's like somebody's got your six all the time, and somebody's always watching, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I just can't imagine cycling through dogs like that, because about the time I'd get attached to a little bastard, it'd be... No, that's the hard part, man. You start to love one, and you got to take it back to the ranch, and you're like, shit, yeah. that one was nice. I like that one. And then you, so, you know, you got it's kids. It's fun to eat them all. The fascinating part is they're like, they're like humans, man. They all have such different personalities. No, so yeah. like learning what they what they like and don't like and kind of where they want to be and how they operate is to me that's my favorite part of having multiple dogs and i've had like 30 or 40 different dogs probably in the house in the last year i couldn't Damn. Do it. i'd get too attached how long do i know you, well, how long do you keep one usually uh it depends um like if one's sold i'll take it like before it, it flies to its owner i'll take it for like a week and just have it around the kids and let them tug on its ears and try to piss it off and kind of just touch them up and then um you know i have one for like a night go grab one the owner lives like 300 yards away so she always has dogs in her house so i'll go grab one and take it to the park walk it whatever um how was your waterfowl season this year um it was ups and downs um here in bozeman it was a lot of competition more than ever why college kids really that's everywhere that's the common theme anywhere it's got a college what's fucking up your waterfowl college kids yeah they don't fuck it up per se it's just like and and with covid too the, the little bastards didn't have to go to class <laughs> so they were out all day long scouting locking up shit all week and by the time normal working folks like you know me and my buddy kevin and Brady Davis and McCormick and all the boys can get out and hunt on the weekend because we got to work. Shit's all tied up. So you're like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got permission to six fields and they hunt one of them. See, but that's going to bite them in the ass eventually. Like you can't keep. Oh, it, it's, yeah, it's bit them in the ass already. <clears throat> yeah. For sure. Like you can't promise these people you're going to be out there and then them drive by and them not, not be there. Yeah. And I think some of the landowners that we've been hunting on for, you know, six years five six years now are starting to like you know realize that this shit's going on and relationships with landowners as you guys know that's the biggest part you know you go work for them in the summer and bring them a bottle of bourbon unexpectedly they love that shit Mm -hmm. um so they yeah they're okay now what college is it in bozeman montana state montana state absolutely probably the as pretty a town as there is anywhere in america Bozeman is a beautiful place, and I'm assuming you're getting a lot of. Uh, are y'all getting a lot of Californians moving there too? Yep. Are they anti-hunter? Most of them. Uh I mean, probably. I don't know. I don't talk to them. <laughs> well, I was wondering if they're buying up parcels of land, though. Oh, Cause... for sure, they're buying land. Yeah, absolutely. But and... you know, most of the agricultural stuff around here has been owned for so long that I don't think we're losing like hunting opportunity per se i think the californians are buying ranches and stuff in the mountains so i don't think they don't want cornfields and 
stuff like that. Right. That, that, I can see where that's true too. I've never seen, I've never been anywhere that had, that I saw as many elk as I did around Bozeman too. I, Oh yeah. I don't elk everywhere. I, I can't imagine anywhere in the United States that has a higher density population of elk than Bozeman does. I think there's a couple big herds around here. I think this kind of whole area, this whole 300 mile circle you could draw around here is pretty full of them. Yeah, we we drove in from, I went into Yellowstone through West Yellowstone, I believe, and I came out at, is it Mammoth Springs? Yep. And I come out that way, so I went in two different ways, and i never seen so many freaking elk in my entire life, morning and afternoon. Gosh almighty, what a cool place to live. Yeah, there's a herd that lives in Mammoth that's pretty cool. Now, do you go there's, after elk ever? Uh, I don't. I, uh... I've photographed a few elk hunts, um, but man, my August and September is just kind of gearing up. I do the Texas Steel stuff for Quack Rack in September, which kind of eats up some time. And uh, it sounds like this year we're going to go out to New York for early goose, which will be fun. I'm jealous. I put, uh, I've never even been to New York. I have no idea. I'm jealous. I put New York on the on one of my top uh, top states to visit list just because just for the early season. Where where are you flying into? You flying into Buffalo or to Albany or Syracuse? Uh, Syracuse. Okay, well, that's a that's a beautiful place there too. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I've, never, I've literally never been on the East Coast, the Upper East Coast at all, ever. My favorite place in America is the East Coast. Um, the New York City. I like New York City. But upstate New York is, is, is a very cool place. I mean, it's completely different than New York City. And mm-hmm. like-minded people just like us. That's You're going to have a good time up there. That's, that's Andy's dream place to go. 15 honkers, right? Yeah, why don't you guys come with us? September, we can't get away. Yeah, we're our, we, we're, we're busy. We're as busy during dove season here in the first six weeks, which yeah. is September through the first two weeks of November, I mean October, yeah. as we are during waterfowl season. I yeah. mean, we are swamped, or we could, or we would love to do that. Fuck yeah! I'm Get out a, of the Texas heat because it's always hot as shit in September. I'm going to go in October to Wisconsin and film a hunt and do some hunting up there. And I would like to go to Montana. I've been invited to come to Montana in October to hunt, and I would like to do that if we can. Yeah, but I also got to take my wife to Salem in October. You're better off waiting. Come here till December. I can't do that. We're too busy here. Yeah, all, all the good times we can't get away. You guys need to figure your shit out. I have, I'm telling I you. I thought I did a long time ago when I started this business <laughs> and got it so busy. I didn't realize it was going to cut into all my fun time. All right. Well, we should get you guys on a quack rack trip. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's in South Texas, isn't it? Ah, we, we travel all over. Uh, we went to Salt Plains twice, Salt Plains Outfitters in Kansas twice last year. That was that place is beautiful. When did you go there? Uh, gosh, first trip was... Right in the middle of November, second trip was right before Christmas. Now, when you when you're going down to do the teal hunt, y'all are hunting on the coast, correct? Uh, no, we're in El Campo. Well, that's the Texas coast. We call that the coast. That's what I meant. That that area yeah. down there. But I'll tell you what, yep. it is wet down there, and I saw where there's a hurricane. Chance, chance. Of having a hurricane coming up in the next ten days down there. Then they don't need any more water down there. Yeah, that'll be good for the teal yeah. though. It's a fun place down there. Was, I finally figured out the mosquitoes this year. How would you do? I got a secret weapon. What is it? Let us I know. Can't, I can't talk about it yet. Some clothing. 
Oh, oh, you got some clothing on? Oh, 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 oh. We, we are inundated with fucking gnats now. We have never had a gnat problem ever that I can remember, but we've had a ton of rain lately, and we've got gnats like crazy right now. Huh. It's we have no bugs out here. There's not a bug in the sky. Now, do you have bugs during, like, the summertime and shit, or is it just never? Uh, like, in the neighborhood, not really. I mean, you got fishing on the river and stuff. You got skeeters and stuff, but it's not nothing to... I mean, I don't wear bug spray. That's crazy. Right here, that yeah. fucking everywhere. You go outside for like two seconds. I went out to check the mail yesterday, and I almost got sucked on court low by the time I walked back in the house. <laughs> so there's clothing coming out that's going to be a mosquito repellent, huh? Uh, yeah, it's, got, it's pretty cool technology. That is. That is badass. It is. I don't know when it's coming. Maybe 2023. Oh, so it's not even, even going to be this year. Well, it's son of a bitch. I- I was looking forward to like buying it for this teal season. I can't speak to it. I don't know. I'm just I'm product testing. Well, if you say it works, then I'll I'll uh, I'll, take well, I'll tell you. Uh, so I've done that Texas teal trip for three years now. Uh, the first two years, I literally about died. <laughs> um, so I have I've done a bunch of research, um, worked with the, the team at Sitka on why I get eaten so bad. Um, we've come down to a couple conclusions. Uh, o positive blood they really like apparently. Okay. Um, you're sweating a lot and you're drinking a lot of beer. Yeah. And so, and that's a real thing apparently. And so, um, the last two years I came home with, I mean, full underside of my arms, totally destroyed mm-hmm. inside of my thighs because you're. I'm wearing those. I was wearing those Sitka. Al, you know, super light pants mm-hmm. and the light hoodie and it would they just bite right through it and i would come home and i would literally be sick for a week like just trying to recover from all these mosquito bites and it didn't matter what i did 100 percent deep the stupid looking ass wristbands you put around your things i mean i was hanging them from the back of my hat <laughs> like i looked like a total idiot and i was doing everything i possibly could to not get eaten alive it looked like jody watley <laughs> Dude, I mean, it was insane. And so this year I went down with the secret weapon, and I came home with one mosquito bite on my wrist, and I did not wear bug spray. That is, that's insane. Now, I would fucking mow in that. I would do everything in that. I just read yesterday or the day before that there's a new breed of mosquitoes that's coming somewhere out of fucking Central America or somewhere. China? That can, no, that can bite through two inches of clothing. Hmm. They got fucking some bitches can stand flat foot, footed and fuck a turkey. I Great. guess that's just what, that's, that's <laughs> but, just what we need. But they they can bite through two inches of fucking clothing now. It's a brand new 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 strain of mosquito. So we got some super mosquito. Thanks a lot, Biden. <laughs> I was gonna say who who built that some bitch. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's crazy because that where you're at must be. I've never had mosquito infestation like that at all. We have them here, but as soon as it dries up, we don't have them no more. Right. This Fourth yeah. of July is going to be fucking miserable here with fire with uh, mosquitoes. Yes, we haven't had them until just recently, but they're horrible. That old saying: if we get a hard freeze, we'll get rid of all the fucking bugs. It damn sure didn't wipe out the fucking mosquitoes. <laughs> well, they're bad in they're bad in Alaska. Oh, they're the terrible in Alaska. So, I think so. I, I'm, what do they do? Do they burrow underground? I don't know. No, that's the Alaska state bird. You didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not bad. They're not bad in Montana, though. Uh. Uh-uh. That's insane. That's crazy. I figured it would be anywhere up there was would be that way. Do y'all have flies real bad there? 
Uh, someplace like you know, kind of higher mountain lakes and stuff, there'll be bad horseflies. Oh, them fuckers are horrible. Those will be. Oh, they're awful. They hurt. Uh, they bite you in the fucking back. God, I'm not even make you want to slap the shit out of somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they're bad. Are you guys dry like the Dakotas are? Uh, no, I'd say we're just about right. Kind of normal. Because they're saying, like, right now, South Dakota and North Dakota is just a yeah. desert almost. Yeah, it's not good. They need rain bad. Um, I guess it was Flatland Flyways. They shared a post. and I mean, it's like an aerial shot, and there's no water around. It's going to be... Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the birds do. There's no water for them to stop on. Well, they'll adapt like they always do, I'm sure. Yeah, but it'll just be interesting to see if, if you guys will get more or if they'll go east or if they'll just hop down south a little bit quicker. Yeah, well, I mean, they'd be a lot smarter to just come towards me. Yeah, yeah, work out a whole lot better, right? <laughs> I think so. So is early season, is it just kind of hit or miss? You said December's the best, your best bet in Montana. Is early season uh, just kind of dependent on the weather? Yeah, it's generally good. Like in, we open October 1st-ish within a couple of days of October 1st. And I mean, we usually have a few really good shoots early and then um, just depends on the weather. Yeah. But I mean, it's my favorite thing to shoot geese in the snow. So maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Well, you posted a picture on your Instagram. Uh, I guess it finally got what was winter kind of delayed for you guys. Yeah, it was nice on the opener, and then then it got cold, and then it got real cold for like two days, and then it warmed up again, and then it snowed again. I mean, it was just weird, ups and downs, fifty degree temperature swings for a month. Now, will you guys ever lose birds, or are you just kind of chasing chasing the same ones? Yeah, I don't think we lose like the mass quantity of them but they definitely move out of the valley then they seems like when you get another cold snap i don't know if they reverse migrate or if they're coming down more from the north i don't know exactly where they're coming from but um it seems like if you can get that good like 10 degree three days of 10 degrees when it's been 40 it's a pretty noticeable difference just in the way that they act or what yeah, just numbers and decoying them. Now, do you do you use an A-frame or do you uh, like use pits or layouts or what do you get, try to like hide in? Um, no pits up here. I mean, there's a few landowners that have them, but those are pretty locked up private type deals. Um, but just mainly A-frames on field edges. So at least you're a little bit warmer. You can get a you can get a heater buddy or something in there and. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, we don't get cold. We're good. Mm, I would get cold. <laughs> I would get real cold. You're looking fucking jacked. You're doing. You're staying on top of your your workouts. The old mountain tough every day, bud. Jeez, I'm getting back in shape. Now I did. Last time we talked, I I was trying to figure out how to stay in shape during hunting season. I didn't work out a single fucking day. February, I kicked it on, and now we're in June, and I'm finally starting to see results. Getting old is a bitch. I figured out. You don't lose anything. You don't gain anything. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. It does. That was my that was my commitment to myself this waterfowl season is to not gain twenty pounds of gas station shit. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you hit your goal? I did. I worked out average four days a week in the lab and I stayed right there. Mm. Then I uh, I did that seventy five hard Andrew Frisella's challenge. I I was over about a month ago. I finished it. 
I made um, it six days in that challenge. Did you? <laughs> I committed to it hard, and and I did it right. Two workouts a day. I did either two mountain tough workouts a day, which was crazy. Um, either that, or I'd do like a Peloton run and one mountain tough workout a day, and I never missed, never fucked up. Did not have a drop drop of alcohol. Did it to the T, and I lost twenty two pounds. Wow. And it made a big difference. What? Because they've talked about how it makes like a difference in like cognitive ability. Were you clear oh, as a bell? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you wake. So like, I don't know if I told you guys this or not, but I think I had a pretty solid drinking problem during COVID. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, you know, my wife was working. I'd get up. I got into kind of a lazy streak, like drinking and drinking during the day and just kind of being a piece of shit really. And I was still working out hard, you know, but like I just, it was weird, you know, time for me. And, and so finally got to the point where I was like, I need to make a change right now or I'm, you know, it's not getting, it's not getting any better. And so that's when I started the 75 hard. And, um, man, the community down at mountain tough, all the folks you work out with are such awesome people. I mean, we've got retired seal team guys, the owner, Dustin Diefenderfer is a great human. And they all did not think I could do it. And I'm like, well, fuck you guys. You know, they didn't think you could I'm quit. doing this. They didn't think I could do it. The, like, like the workouts or just no alcohol? What, what part no, did they not think? Five days of alcohol. Yeah. They didn't think I could. I wonder it, that is, that's the thing that not many people are talking about is how many people in America like you, you know, just, started this bad got on this bad road of alcohol or drugs or whatever you know shit it can be anything jerking off too much do what oh yeah masturbation is way up in covid jeff most people knock that shit out when they're 12 that and 13. one that one lady had sex on air huh or wasn't it like a ceo or something wasn't he like masturbating on a conference call i think that was fucking i mean it was a politician i think either way yeah, masturbation's was- up during covid <laughs> who was it Jeff. <laughs> it was who? It was you. Oh, yeah, there you go. Masturbating on air, Jeff. Me. Yeah. Um but it's just that's what so many that's what this pandemic is just insane because so many people have just you know, they got nothing to do all day, so they just fucking turn to drinking. So I, did, I commend you for being able to stop. I did see or I read that there was a huge rise in women alcoholics during COVID. That would stay yeah. home and drink wine all the time. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, the alcohol part of that wasn't hard for me. It was the, it was the two workouts a day for yeah. whatever reason. Because one's got to be outside and, you know, it's fucking hot, rainy. Yeah. But you stuck with it. And I did it. And I did it for the alcohol part, really. I mean, I work out a lot and, you know, I take pride in being fit and, going to be 34 years old pretty soon and you know it's not getting any younger so obviously the fitter you can stay now the better off you're going to be i did i did notice as an unfit person that there's not a lot of fat fucks in bozeman montana (laughs) oh there's not many i mean there's a handful there's not very many though i mean going to montana looks like going anywhere in america did in the 50s probably everybody's thin and stuff everybody's outside everybody eats good i mean it's yeah it's it's easy to stay fit here when you got so many things you can do outside. Now, what book did you decide to read? Um, 
I read through Extreme Ownership by Jocko. Um, Jocko. Um, it's kind of a funny story about that. I I did a shoot for Mountain Ops mm-hmm. um, right before Christmas two years ago. Um, we hunted teal out on the Great Salt Lake. And when I was getting on the plane to fly home, it was the day before, it was the 22nd, so it was the day before my son's birthday. Um, and I cut, well, I kind of, I was like, I need to be home on the 22nd. It's my son's birthday. It's Christmas. Like, I can't stay till the 24th, you know. So I, when I was getting on the plane, I sat down in my seat and I looked to my left and it was fucking Jocko oh, sitting wow. next to me. His family was flying up to Big Sky for Christmas. So he had his wife, all his kids, and we just had a great conversation all the way from Salt Lake to Bozeman. He was real um, cool about it? Like he talked? So cool. Like coolest human ever. Who is this guy? And, He's a retired Navy SEAL. Okay. Yeah. All right. Black belt in jiu-jitsu like several times, like yeah. a fucking gorilla. His whole Instagram is his watch. He gets up at yeah. 4.30 every morning, works out, and that's all his Instagram is, is his watch and like the aftermath of his workout. Yeah. Well, it's cool. Cause, and it, the funny part is I had my, I had my extreme ownership book with me. Oh, wow. And so he signed it for me and we had a good conversation about that. And so I literally just read that thing through for 75 days constantly. So you just reread it over and over again? It over and over again. And I'm not a reader. I don't sit down and read books. I'd rather like watch a podcast or listen to something. But mm-hmm. um, I just thought that was cool that I, you know, got to talk to him. And I mean, he's such a humble human, even though he's an ultimate badass, you know. And um, so, yeah, I just kept plugging into that thing. I think I read it like six times. I need, I need to look at that. Um, is he just a giant of a human being? Like he looks like just a fucking gorilla. Uh-huh. He's not real tall. He's like 5'11", probably, but his goddamn shoulders are like bowling. <laughs> He's huge. How do you spell his name? Jocko, J- Jock, and then O. J-O-C-K-O. And, like, if there was ever a guy that looked like a Navy SEAL, it's Jocko. Oh. Yeah, he's like the ultimate military man, for just sure. Just a fucking oh, short haircut and just a chiseled chin and... I mean, he's 250 pounds and do not fuck with me. He looks like the uh, – well, he looks he's, – he's a lot more – oh, Brock Lesnar, that big old head on him. And he's, got a, he's got a melon on him. Have you yeah. – and, like, evidently, like, he's talked about his childhood and, like, he's just – he was born to be a warrior. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I commend you because alcohol is not an easy thing to give up, especially because you like – I've noticed you like to cook meat like I do. And there's nothing better than on a Saturday morning throwing a fucking brisket on or you said you got a pork butt going on and then yeah. opening up a, a nice Coors Light or whatever your beer Not choice better. is. And that was my hardest thing. And I think it was like – it wasn't like I had to drink, but it was like a there was some draw, you know, like yeah. do something that would make me want to have a beer or – I don't know. It was just kind of weird. And it's not like I was an alcoholic not even a functioning alcoholic, but I definitely drank way too much beer, yeah. you know, and it didn't, I didn't, you know, deduct time for my kids. I didn't hole up in the garage and like pound two beers before I go to bed. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it was just like, I had to just sip on one all the time. Cause I had nothing else to worry about. Like editing photos up on the computer, sip on a beer. Like I just, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I get it. Cause you know, now, I'm kind of in my downtime, and like you said, like I'll go to edit a podcast, and it's just like 
throw open a beer. You're, you know, yep. just yep. unwind for the day. But I tell you what, that meat tastes so good when you when you sit with it all day long and you're just sipping on a couple tall boys. Oh, there's nothing better in the world. I don't. I, I can't give it up. I agree. I agree. And I'm I'm back on the wagon now a little bit. I'm I'll have a beer once in a while, but I'm not gonna have eight or ten a day like I was. Now this uh this this mountain tough that you do is it like CrossFit or what kind of training do you do? Uh, not CrossFit. It's like uh it's kind of its own program. It's built around backcountry hunters, which I am not one. Mm-hmm. But um, it's uh, three days a week of high intensity cardio, like teamwork stuff, skier, grower death bike um like for example you'll have a team of four race to a thousand calories with five deadlifts every three minutes and 10 burpees every five minutes and you just kind of bust it out as a team which i really like um and then two days a week are like heavy deadlifts squats we don't do anything overhead um but it's all functional stuff it's great yeah that's that's the important thing because you know for you, you know, you want to use it outdoors. So like it needs to make sense and it needs to kind of fit what you do outside, you know, a bunch of bench press and shit's probably not going to help you out too much. Might make you look good in a t-shirt, but you're not going to function any better outside. Yeah, it, For guys like us, it doesn't do us any good. We need to be, you know, functional, unilaterally functional. You know, it's, you got to move and you got to be strong. It's a lot of legs. I mean, my legs have literally never – I've played college football, and my legs are stronger now than they were when I was a senior in college. It's crazy shit. Is it, is it cool seeing, like – so you and me are about the same age. So you were in college, what, 06 to 10, 11, right around there? Yeah. So, 05 to 08, and then master's program to 2010. So 10 – a decade ago. Is it amazing to you how fitness has changed just in that decade, like what you thought was revolutionary back then – and like what you're seeing now? Yeah, it's changed a lot. It kind of went from like that, you know, old school iron barbell mentality yeah. of just getting strong and thick. And, you know, it didn't matter if you could move or not. But God, look at the size of your biceps type thing, you know. And, and now it's like, you know, functionally fit is a totally different thing. You don't have to be skinny to be fit. Right. You know, if you can, you know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but like there's guys in the gym right now at mountain tough that you would look at and be like, that guy's not fit. And that some bitch would run circles around you. <laughs> we need one of those it's, down here. Get Jeff enrolled in it. Yeah. Jeff's yeah. a slow paced guy. I'm, I'm going to go swim a quarter of a mile today. Does that work? I don't know. Is there yeah. swimming? You're going to swim or float? Swim. Okay. He got a new, work. he got a new pool. Jeff, uh, Jeff recently just had surgery. He got the, uh, the stomach stapled shut, so I'm trying to get him on a healthy, healthy regimen. Yeah. I eat healthy because I don't get to eat much anymore, and I've lost no, 70 you pounds. Eat, you eat smaller because you can't eat much. What uh, did you eat yesterday? Um, I had a beef soft taco. I don't know how that's unhealthy. A beef soft taco? Yeah. I had a lot m- of carbs in, in the tortilla. Well, I had half of one. Okay. And I had. What vegetables did you eat? Um, yesterday I didn't eat any. I usually eat a sweet potato or something every day. I eat. I try to eat veggies all the time. I like healthy food. I like salad. I fucking had lettuce and tomato on the taco. That's fucking vegetables. I had. No. I mean, I didn't eat, and I had a piece of grilled <laughs> chicken yesterday, and that's it. Hey, well. I don't eat nothing. I mean, I can't eat anything hardly. You know, you can make a salad real unhealthy real quick with a bunch of sauce. 
all that ranch. Well, it's not. It's that's called a salad. What you're talking about is just eating fucking lettuce. <laughs> that's not a salad. That's lettuce. <laughs> so it depends what you're you're eating. Yes, that's right. You can make a dan- a salad very unhealthy real quick, and that's what makes it taste better. That some bitch tastes good though. But lettuce, tomato. I, I eat a lot of avocados. How did you? How did you avoid the gas station junk this this hunting season? That's always my downfall. Um, I, mean, I really just didn't stop there. Ooh. Honestly, like would take Cliff bars and just stuff I could snack on, and that's it. I just didn't go there. When you go there is when you buy the shit, you know. Oh yeah. I don't ever go in the store ever. I, for a fat guy, I'm going to be honest with everybody here. I don't go in the stores to buy shit. You make us. You guys get in, but I don't. St- even if I go by myself, I don't get nothing ever. Oh right. The you only time fill I up, fill up and go. The, yeah, but when we're scouting, these fucks always go in there and get all kinds of shit. Andy, Mister in shape here comes out with crispitos and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I am. I am a slob during hunting season. I will be the first to admit it, and it is something that I. Every year, like Ted, I told him last year, I'm going to work on this, and I did not. I did, though, however, I did not have much Red Bull this year. It was only in January that I started drinking Red Bull again, and those are just fucking liquid diabetes. Blake eats healthier than anybody during hunting season. He makes him a salad every night. I watch him. Oh. You need to eat like Blake does. Douses it in ranch dressing. Thousand Island is even better. Mm. So, but, so, Ted. Yeah. When I was in Yellowstone, you told me where to go find a grizzly bear. Yep. I didn't find a grizzly bear. Them fuckers ain't just... When you go to Yellowstone, I I guess I thought I was going to a zoo and every corner I was going to come around was going to have some kind of game there. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a a wild zoo down there. Yeah, but I didn't see all that kind of stuff. The first quarter of a mile in, all these cars are stopped. I'm like, oh shit, good, there's something there. (laughs) And there was a big, big big-ass buffalo in some water. Now, I don't get yeah. excited about seeing a freaking buffalo. I got neighbors that have buffaloes they've pinned in, so I can see them all the time. But there was a coyote standing on the side of the road, like 20 yards away, just kind of walking from car to car. I thought that was pretty impressive. And I told Michelle, I said, these fucking animals here are not used to getting shot at. You can tell. Mm-hmm. But then we drove and drove and drove and drove and drove, and I never did see a freaking bear in there. But people love fucking buffaloes, and that just shocked the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the staple of Yellowstone. They're everywhere. I don't think the bears were down low enough yet when you were there, honestly. And they had the, the, the road that was – they were fixing a road that went to went over a big pass there that was like 10,000 feet, and it was – you couldn't get across it because they were redoing it. But yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to Yellowstone in another year or two. There's a lot of stuff I didn't see there. Yep. They said it wasn't crowded when we were there, and it wasn't. We didn't have to wait but about five minutes to get through the line to get in. And they were talking about sometimes it's an hour or two just to get into the park, and it just – I, I can't believe there's that many fucking tourists there. Oh, it's crazy, man. I mean, you, you'll have those days where during the weekends, like we never go on the weekends. We've taken the kids there three or four times now. We always go like on a Tuesday in the morning and there's nobody there. Um, but yeah, those weekend days you'll stop, especially if somebody stopped to look at an animal and there's, there could be two, 300 cars in a line and you can't get through. Yeah. Looking at a damn Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> When those when those herds of buffalo try and go over a road like over a pass, there'll be a hundred buffalo walking down the road at their own pace, you know. And there's seventy five cars behind them, and you can't go any faster. Well, I got behind the buffaloes doing that, and I grew up in West Texas. And when you get cattle in the fucking road, you honk at them and shit. So I'm trying to honk and bump them in the ass, and you could tell the people around there did not appreciate that very much. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. 
here it is, like this serene place. It's just nature and all of its glory. And then here's some asshole from Texas just fucking laying on the horn trying to get a buffalo out of the road. There's a freaking buffalo. It's just nothing but a prairie cow. Some people cow. hadn't seen it. A prairie cow. Well, that, there was a, there's a shitload of them to see there. I can tell you that much. There's a lot. The wolves are everywhere there now, aren't they? I didn't see a wolf either. And I wasn't looking for a wolf, but I was looking for a bear or a moose. Ted, are the wolves there? There's a lot of wolves. I have never personally seen one, but I know of a lot of photographers that are in there that get some pretty epic shots of them. Now, around uh, Old Faithful and all the geysers, in the mm-hmm. wintertime, is there a lot of game that come there because it's open water around there, or do they not drink that water? That's a good question. I think that water's the pH of that water is kind of funky. I don't know if they – I don't think they hole up around those geysers. To be honest, but I, don't, I actually don't know the answer to that, Jeff. You you know the Indians back in the day, and I'm talking about way way before white man was ever here. I'm talking about the 1100s and 1200s, whenever we started having Plains Indians, and I don't know when the hell that was exactly. But you know when they walked through that valley the first time, that was some some really weird medicine for them to see those geysers like that, especially at oh. winter time. Yeah, it's crazy. They're beautiful in the winter. <laughs> so, um, are you? The, the pictures that you've taken from this past season, like are you still going through them bit by bit, or are you pretty well done with anything waterfowl-related? I'm done with that stuff. It's all cataloged and ready to go. And then they just pick it at their leisure or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like when I do trips for Quack Rack. I mean, that goes into its own bucket, and then yeah. I run their social media also, so I pick from my own for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean – a lot of it's available. I've been sold a couple to Yeti in the last couple months. Um, got the wildfowl cover two months ago. I think I got the next one too. The wildfowl's picking up a bunch. No shit. Uh, which which it. one is it? Is it on, uh, is it on your Instagram? Of the boat. Let me on see. The if, cover. Let me see if I can't find it real quick. I think I put it on Instagram. So it was. Uh, you got it last month, and you think you're going to get it next month? Yep. That's that's big. That's that's good shit right there. Is that yep. is that your first time? Uh, that'll be my third wildfowl cover now. That's a that's that's. Uh, are you always kind of shocked whenever they say, "Hey, we want to use your picture"? Ah, it's just cool, man. You I mean you work hard and you take take all these photos. It's cool that somebody wants to use it, especially on the cover. I mean, it's kind of it's an honor, really. Now I'm going to ask what everybody else in America is. Wanting to know, does that pay much when you get a cover spot spot like that? Um, it's decent. It's not anything to jump up in circles about, but you get enough of them, you could pay your bills. That's a Wyman Menzer answer right there. So <laughs> I never can get Wyman to give me a straight answer on that either. <laughs> no, it's good. It's certainly helpful to the financial situation. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Do find you just submit them a bunch of picture. pictures? Is that how you do it? Yep, they have their own bucket to pick through. I'm trying to find this picture. What other magazines do you send to? Uh, I got the cover of Pheasants Forever about four months, three months ago, I guess. Um, so they have a bucket. Du. Um, that's really it, honestly. Now, now do, do they pay you for any time they put your picture in a magazine? Also. So you just you see, you go and you see pictures and you thought, ooh, that looks really good, and I'll send them to Wildfowl, 
and then you send them to DU, Pheasants Forever, and whatever, and then they'll just email you and say, hey, we're going to use this picture here. So that that's a, is that how yep. kind of how that works? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They'll, uh, I mean, they'll have a bucket of like low res photos to look at, and they'll approve one and just reach out over email and say, we need the high res of this one, and here's your rate, and here's your placement. I miss yeah. getting, I miss getting a DU magazine. I used to look at them all the time just for the pictures alone, and I haven't seen a DU magazine. I bet in five years. Now, do you? Will you send these companies like the same picture, and and it's just the first first person to take it, or what? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of crossover in the buckets of photos, but you know, it's all it can all apply to everybody, you know. So there's a certain crop of photos that's available that's not owned by, say, you know, Garrett at Quack Rack or Sitka or Yeti, and um, you know, stuff you shoot around here when you're just buddy hunting and. So right. yeah, I farm all that stuff out as much as I can, sell as much as I can. Right. So, but what I'm getting at is once, once like say Sitka buys a picture that you also sent to DU, do you yeah, have you to? Go pull it. You have to go pull it. That's what I was asking. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Um, yep. Gee, so like you got you're constantly like in and out and trying to figure out who bought what and all that stuff. Yeah, I've developed a pretty good system now. It was pretty painful in the beginning trying to keep all that shit straight, but. I can't imagine. Um, it's all relatively organized now. I mean, you'd have to be. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you hate to have an eight to five Monday through Friday job? Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. I know I couldn't do it. For I know for sure I couldn't do it. I have one schedule a week. I've I've court on Tuesdays, and I work my whole week around just one freaking day. I can't imagine Monday through Friday me having to be somewhere. I mean, I come to work every day, but I work for myself. It's not the same as going to work. It's not like I go to work. But that guy that I know that works eight to five Monday through Friday for thirty years straight, I'm thinking, boy, that sucks. And so many people do that. I just, boy, that would drive me nuts. I know a lot of our listeners are people that are self-employed and do their own thing, and with that, you get a lot of freedom. And and you're very fortunate for that, and very blessed. Did we lose you again? Might have. We did. Um, you know, when when. Uh when Jesse and I first got married, she was working. When my wife and I first got married, she was working 7.30 to 5. She had an hour lunch. And, like, now she she's kind of built her own business to where she, she, can, freedom. she can work around her own schedule. I don't know how we did it. I mean, and, and, you know, we didn't have kids at the first, but, you know, I don't know how people do it. They work 7.30 to 5. They have to cook. They have to cook for their family whenever they get home. They try to work out and stay in shape. I mean, I do not – I don't know how they run that rat race and get everything done. Heaven forbid you got to go to a t-ball game or a baseball game or a football game, soccer. People are so busy. And, I mean, we're very fortunate here to kind of be able to make our own schedule. Now, you, now your wife works. So she's, a, she's a nurse, right? Yep. She's a labor and delivery nurse, so she works uh, – she's a night shift nurse, so she works three nights a week. Does she ever get frustrated with you with your, for your freedom of doing what you want when you want to do it or setting your time how you want to do it? No, because she's very well taken care of. I cook, I clean, I do all the shit. She doesn't have to worry about anything, I mean, really. You, you just ruined it for every other man out there that's <laughs> not doing all that shit. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy doing it, man. Like, the time is such a blessing. Like My kids and I are so close. Like My son and I, we hang out all day, every day now that he's out of school, so... You know, I got him in golf camp. I got him in all kinds of fun shit to do for the summer and and stuff we like to do together, you know. And so I wouldn't trade it for the world being, you know, I wasn't, 
I grew up with two parents that worked their asses off and I hardly ever saw my dad. Right. I mean, college football coach, he was gone in the morning, he was gone at night, you know, busy, busy, busy. And so for me to be able to do this is a huge blessing. Yeah, that's that's a very fortunate, very, very nice deal. Well, and I mean, that's what this country, we, we looked at it just a couple podcasts ago. I mean, the, you know, there's so many people that are being raised you know, with no with no real guidance, and the father figure is almost absent in America now. So it's important to have guys like you out there, you know, showing the next generation of dudes how to be a dude. Your dad did he coach at Montana State? Uh, no, he coached all over the place. He, I was born in Helena, just like ninety miles up the road. So he coached at Carroll College, which is a NAIA um, college there in Helena, and then he jumped around a couple times. Jamestown, North Dakota is where we moved. My first move right before seventh grade. Um, and that's where I started waterfowl hunting when I was 12. Um, and then he did a couple seasons at Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, and he just left. We stayed in North Dakota. He just went for the season, coached there. And then we came back to northern Montana right before my senior year of high school. One of the greatest players in NFL history went to Texas A&M Kingsville. Daryl Green. Oh. I thought you were going to say, didn't uh, Dickhead go? No, he went to UTEP. Who's, Aaron Jones. Well, you called him a dickhead. No, Daryl Green went to Texas A&M. We've got a guy that hunts with us. I think we're froze again. Can you hear us, Ted? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, he's okay. There. We had a guy that hunted with us, that uh, that hunts with us every year, that went to Montana State. Uh, he played at OU, J.D. Quinn. I've heard the name. He uh, He got hired on at a car lot and didn't work. Well, I wasn't going to air all his. He left OU <laughs> and went to Montana State. But he was, I think, he was All American at OU, even defensive tackle. He's a big old boy. They got a little bit of. They got a little bit of trouble. But he he went to Montana State. That's why I was asking if your dad. I knew your dad coached college ball. I couldn't remember if he coached at Montana State or not. And he yeah, might, he's been all over. And he might have went to Montana. I don't remember which one. He went to one of the two schools up there. Yeah. Ted, I know you got a heart. I know you got to go uh, shoot pictures. I wish uh, wish we had a little bit more time with you, but we're right at bumping an hour so we're gonna let you go enjoy the rest of your summer it's gonna go by in a hurry and then you're gonna be freezing your nutsack off taking awesome pictures uh all over again so congratulations on the on the wildfowl cover and uh keep kicking ass out there bud yeah thanks guys i appreciate it you bet go take those pictures you have a good day bud. god bless you see you man yeah ted wells Taking pictures, you know, it, the ways that you can make money in this in this world anymore are crazy. That's what you need to do. I mean, the, the, the nine to five is, you know. Capitalism. It's, it's not, it, it's not, you don't have to if you don't want to run that race. No, there's a lot of security with a nine to five job. Sure, absolutely. For somebody else is. that we don't have that, but. We're fortunate to do what we do, and we're very, we're very blessed. You got to trade one or the other. Yep. You can either have security, or you can have a little bit of freedom. And I'm so far now used to not having security that I'm used to it. <laughs> so, it is what it is. But you, you you make what you can out of what you got. And I feel sorry. We got a lot of guys that work and they bust their ass all the time. They're self employed, and we got a lot of guys that work for other people. But everybody finds their own happiness. Yep. But I would have a hard time doing Monday through Friday eight to five. Because I've done this so long, I'm spoiled. Right. And Matt Reagan told me years and years and years ago, he said, the best part about being self, or self-employed self is the freedom. And he goes, people don't realize that, that you give up some s- securities, but you get a lot of freedom that 
when you work for somebody else, you don't have that. Mm-hmm. Even though you plan on going to your kid's Little League game, that doesn't mean the boss ain't going to say, hey, I need you to work late tonight. Right. You know, there's always that option that he could trump whatever you're going to do. So That's exactly right. All right, everybody come by Squad Fest. This is going to come out on Friday, I'm assuming, probably. Yeah. It's on Friday, so we will be at Squad Fest when this comes out. Come by and see us. Get your picture with the world-famous Andy Shaver. Get the, go to Pacific Game Calls, their booth. Get your T-shirt, get it signed, and it'll get you in, and take a picture of it. Put it on our Facebook page, our private one, the the Big Honker Podcast private group, and be in a drawing to win a goose hunt and a goose call from Pacific. <laughs> That's right. Lodging the meals on that goose hunt. Thank you very much. God bless y'all. Have a great day. Check out all of our sponsors. Check out Eyesight Drone Service. Check out Bangtail Whiskey, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, uh, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck. Looking Glass Duck Club, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Goose Creek Retrievers, and Gundog Outdoors. <laughs>